What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed, you are powerful. Is it's in my hand. Fan effect. It's nice out, but you want to stay in too because the family's gathered around. Few days out to Christmas, a weekend there, so it's time to go see some movies or stream some. I always love seeing a movie over the holiday break. Yeah, yeah. Well, joining it's us right now is Andy Farnsworth, host of KSL News Radio's The Movie Show, every Friday from nine to noon. Okay, Andy, this is the weekend where a lot of folks want to get out, be together, see a movie. What do you got? Yeah, it's actually one of the big movie-going weekends yeah. of the year, and Hollywood has put out so much stuff, so much stuff to potentially watch both in theaters. And in your home. So because Christmas Day, traditionally a big movie attending day for Americans, I've split this week's What to Watch into two groups. Stuff that opens today and stuff that doesn't open until Christmas Day. So let's start with what's opening today. First up is a new animated movie from Illumination Studios. They're the makers of Despicable Me and Minions. It's called Migration, and it tells the story of a family of ducks who never leave the safety of the pond where they live, despite the hopes of mom, voiced by Elizabeth Banks, and the two kids. So... When they do finally convince Dad, voiced by Kumail Nanjiani, to take a migration trip to Jamaica for the winter, at first he feels justified when all sorts of mishaps take place, including running into duck-eating birds, getting stuck in the big city, and having to dodge a celebrity chef who loves to serve duck l'orange, and even a duck farm retreat that's more than it seems. Migration is a fun, family-friendly movie that had me laughing several times. It's not too kid-centric, so parents shouldn't be too bored taking their younger ones to see this. It's got a good family-centric message, and it is quite colorful. There's also a Despicable Me short cartoon that plays before the main feature. On a scale of A through F, I give Migration a B-plus grade, and I should mention that my kids really enjoyed it. It's rated PG and only in theaters. The other big movie opening today is our final superhero movie of the year, and the last one on the schedule for a little while, actually, which is kind of weird to say, but Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is the sequel to the somewhat surprising hit of 2018. Jason Momoa is back as Arthur Curry, half-human and half-underwater-breathing superhero from Atlantis. After the events of the first movie, he's king of Atlantis, but when an old nemesis returns with some new powers, Curry has to team up with his imprisoned half-brother, played by Patrick Wilson, to push back the threat and of course, save the world. That's what you do in superhero movies. Director James Wan's created another colorful undersea adventure. This is not the strongest movie of the year and not the best superhero movie of the year, but it is actually somewhat entertaining, especially if you go in with low expectations. I really like the dynamic between Wilson and Momoa. That was what carried the movie for me. I can't say I think it'll earn a lot at the box office, but I do think that those who spend the money will be entertained. This is the final entry into the Zack Snyder DC Comics superhero movie series that started with Man of Steel back in 2013. I give Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom a B grade, and I saw it in 3D, but honestly, I don't think it's worth the extra cost. It is rated PG-13 and is only in theaters. Staying with the theatrical releases, we've got The Iron Claw, which is a biographical movie about a pro wrestling family that stars Zac Efron. Efron plays Kevin Von Erich, the oldest of four brothers, and the son of a former pro wrestler himself. Kevin is uh, he's expecting to become a success in wrestling in the late 1970s and early 80s, but his own injury and then their overly involved and strong-willed father denies him for years while each of his brothers get their chances and then the family endures one tragedy after another. While it is weird to see Efron so large physically, he turns in an emotional performance. The strong family bonds in the movie, especially between the brothers, were what kept me emotionally engaged. 
Plus, one of my favorite actresses, Lily James, plays Efron's wife, so that helped me enjoy it as well. It's got some rough moments, and some of the events are even more tragic when you know these were real people who they happened to. I give The Iron Claw a B. It's rated R and only in theaters. Christmas weekend also brings a new rom-com to theaters. It's called Anyone But You, and it stars Glenn Powell and Sidney Sweeney. After an amazing first date, Ben and B's budding relationship screeches to a halt over a miscommunication. But when B's sister marries Ben's best friend, they both get invited to the wedding in Australia. And after family members meddle too much, they decide to fake like their relationship is good so everyone will leave them alone. I'm sure you won't be surprised that they eventually begin to really fall for each other, even as mishaps continue to occur. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't really break any new ground in the rom-com department, but it does check all the boxes. Super hot people? Check. Lots of swimsuits and shirtless scenes in an exotic location? Check. Goofy, unbelievable situations? Check. It's also nice to see that Powell and Sweeney are actually capable of carrying a movie. Anyone but you will probably appeal to the young adult crowd more than the older adult crowd, but you never know. Uh, I give it a C-plus grade, and it is rated R, and keep in mind it is rated R, and only in theaters. Turning to streaming, we have a new science fiction slash space opera adventure from director Zack Snyder called Rebel Moon Part One, A Child of Fire. It was actually a project that Snyder pitched as a Star Wars movie before it got turned down, so he just got Netflix to finance it and made it anyway. And while there are some definite similarities to Star Wars, including a cantina scene, I felt like it was much more in common with like Dune or Foundation for the most part. The story centers around a girl played by Sophia Butella who lives on a farming planet, but when the galaxy's rulers come to the planet, attack the village leaders and demand their harvest, the girl goes and rounds up some people to resist, including Charlie Hunnam and Jawan Honsu, among others. I really tried to like this movie. I tried to watch it without the Star Wars filter on my brain. It has some decent moments, including Sir Anthony Hopkins as a robot, but it didn't really come together in an entertaining way, and the story resolution was pretty weak. I should note that a sequel is already scheduled to come out next summer. I gave Rebel Moon Part 1 a C-minus grade, but it's on Netflix, so you don't have to pay any extra if you want to check it out. It's rated PG-13. Now, also on streaming is a new series attempting to adapt the highly popular teen fantasy adventure series Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Uh, this is a clip of Rebel Moon that we're showing, but uh, author Rick Riordan's even more involved this time uh, in this Percy Jackson adaptation. There we go. Uh, and he, when he finds out that he's the half-human son of a, one of the Greek gods, he then heads off to demigod camp where he and other children of characters from Greek mythology train to use their powers. This is a weekly series, and the first two of the eight episodes are available now. I thought the two episodes I watched were fine, though I have to say I didn't hate the movies as much as some of the book readers did. The Disney Plus version is supposedly much more faithful to the books, if that helps. Okay, so that's what's available as of today. But on Christmas Day, Monday, we also have three more movies hitting theaters. First up is an inspiring sports-related movie called The Boys in the Boat. I watched this one this morning. It takes place during the Great Depression, and it tells the true story of the University of Washington rowing team, a group of kids who are all from poor backgrounds. One of the main characters lived by himself basically in a broken-down car. Some of the kids joined the rowing team because it supposedly came with a side job where they could earn some money. Now, Joel Edgerton plays their coach, Al Ulbrichson, who sees that these kids compete harder and more ferociously than the other teams who come from money and privilege. And he thinks they have a real shot, not just at making it to the 1936 Berlin Olympics, but maybe even winning. The movie's directed by George Clooney, and it hits you right in the feelings. 
I love a good sports movie, and The Boys in the Boat is a good sports movie and a great option for anybody on Christmas Day. I give it a B-plus grade. It's rated PG-13. Another option on Christmas Day, but maybe more for the older audience, is a remake of The Color Purple. This version is based on the Broadway musical, which in turn was based on the 1980s Oscar-winning movie, which itself was based on a book. You follow that? It's set beginning early in the 1900s, and it focuses mainly on the life of a girl named Celie, played as an adult by Fantasia Barino. Celie has had just some of the worst things happen to her in life, like the worst. But despite all that, she's kind, and she's resilient, she's loyal, and we see that she's stronger than she thinks she is. She also has the love and support from some key friends, including one played marvelously by Taraji P. Henson, they all help her through these difficult times, especially the way she's treated by the men in her life. I think the fact that this version of The Color Purple being a musical actually helped strengthen and emphasize the emotional beats in the story, and it helps us, the audience, process what we're seeing Celie and some of the other characters go through. And believe me, it's some rough subject matter at times, but it also has an inspiring message of hope and forgiveness. I give The Color Purple a solid B-plus grade. It's rated PG-13. Finally, we have another biographical movie opening on Monday. This one's called Ferrari, about the legendary car maker Enzo Ferrari. Set 10 years after World War II, Adam Driver plays Enzo Ferrari, a former racer who now makes expensive cars and owns a racing team. Sadly for Enzo, his company's going bankrupt, and he and his wife Laura, played by Penelope Cruz, they just haven't been the same since the tragic death of their son a few years prior. Now, there's a lot going on here story-wise. Uh, beyond this, including a secret son Enzo's wife doesn't know about, and a new driver, and a new design for his race cars that Enzo will help uh, will help him uh, win the Mille Miglia race through Italy. Now, while it's not directly connected, this movie is kind of a prequel to some of the events in Ford versus Ferrari from a couple of years ago. And even though it's in English, all the American actors use Italian accents for some reason, which is sometimes a distraction. I mean, some of them are like Mario-level Italian accents. What do you mean? Uh, exactly. Well, I liked Ferrari overall. It was solid, even if it wasn't spectacular. I gave it a B minus. It's rated R, and again, it opens Monday. Wow, that's I, I didn't even recognize Adam Driver. Yeah. How about the fact that his name is Driver? I know. Isn't that kind of that's ironic? good? I mean, that was a, pre, a precursor. Oh, wait, what's your name? Driver. Okay, Driver. we got it. Okay, you got the yeah. job. You did a good job. No, <laughs> <laughs> okay. no but really, there, there, there's really probably something for every type of person or family. We'll have something that they yeah. can choose from this weekend. That's brand new. I want to okay. see the duck one. The Disney, it's cute. The, what's it called? Migration. Migration. I actually want to see that one. I'm going to watch Rebel Moon, and I'll probably like it a little more than Andy. <laughs> I Maybe. hope you do. Maybe. I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> we'll see. All right. I didn't have enough time to really break it down. But. All right. All right. Well, thanks, but Merry Andy. Christmas, guys. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas Great Andy. Great suggestions. Hey, thanks for watching. I hope you and your family found this review helpful, and I invite you to check out my other in-depth reviews of movies and streaming TV shows on ksltv.com. I'll see you there.